Hello, my people. One episode and two movies. That is what this episode is all about. So I'm going to discuss MI3 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Number three was directed by J.J. Abrams. The one who tried his hardest to ruin Star Wars. And number four is directed by Brad Bird, the director of Ratatouille and Disney Pixar's The Incredibles. He has also directed Disney Pixar's The Incredibles 2. Uh, so yes, Incredibles, of course, is, uh, one of my favorite, 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 favorite animated films ever made. And, uh, the extended features feature a director's commentary by director Brad Bird. Which I've listened to many, 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 many times. So I know that he is one of those uh, directors who <coughs> comes from animation. <clears throat> so focuses uh, quite a lot on what each frame is going to look like. And storyboards each and every frame. Movement is very precise. With his timings and with his camera work. And he jumped into live action. I think that is his first live action film as a director. If I'm not sure, I am not sure. But if I'm not sure, that is, could be, probably is his first live action movie. So you know how these films work. Actually, the films are based on... The television series which I have not seen. But in wake of the latest film Fallout which I have also not seen. I have gone back in time to revisit Mission Impossible 3 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. So let's see. I don't remember where the second movie ends. I started my... Uh, Mission Impossible rerun recently in a weird way instead of going forward in life I went to um, Rogue Nation which I've reviewed episode number 10 is Rogue Nation you can listen to that and see my more serious thoughts on how, how that film turns out this one on the other hand is uh, so I went back. I went backwards and saw where the films have come from, how they've developed, what are they looking like, and how each director has tried to bring his own flair into these films. Usually, the plot goes as follows. Your mission, should you choose to accept is something which is probably very, very difficult, close to impossible, and over the top. But one man 
will save the world from nuclear destruction, Godzilla, and massive earthquakes. That man is Ethan Hunt. And these films are all about Ethan Hunt and his team. So the team changes. The team has changed from uh, bits and pieces. Uh, people have changed. Have changed. Jeremy Renner, I think, was introduced in Ghost Protocol, which I think has turned out well. At least in that movie and Rogue Nation. In the third movie, however, we have uh, Simon Pegg, I think, who was introduced for the first time. And he has also now become an important part of the team. So the film series has grown very organically. We have seen which characters work, which characters are interesting, which characters are going to help Ethan find that impossible thing. So that is, that is, that is really good. When I was watching Ghost Protocol, that has that uh, very famous Burj Khalifa scene where Tom Cruise wanted to be Spider-Man outside Burj Khalifa. And there is that big, huge CGI sandstorm also from which he runs away wearing really, really tight pants. And... uh, (laughs) And there are those uh, the, the the sequences of uh, switching the rooms in the Burj Khalifa and trying to extract nuclear codes for this German guy who wants to blow everything up from Mumbai. And yes, Mumbai features in Ghost Protocol. Also. Anil Kapoor, who is an Indian actor, he played the really, really famous role of Mr. India. Mr. India is an Indian superhero-ish movie, which you should definitely watch. It's a very Indian film, it's a very original sort of a setup. The concept, of course, isn't original. It derives from a variety of sources, maybe also something called The Invisible Man and what not. Um, but uh, so, so the way they, they, they ended up showing Mumbai, which is very, very interesting. Mumbai just doesn't look like that. But I think they've shot actually a couple of exterior shots in Mumbai, which, which, which really lend, lend some credibility to them. And I'm, even for Fallout, I think Tom Cruise somewhere was talking about filming in Kashmir, but he wasn't given the permission or he wasn't allowed to close a street down or something like that. The film is a global uh, adventure and it's it's a global franchise for sure. And uh, I think this is one of those film series which has traveled to so many places. The third movie goes to Shanghai mostly and a little fishing village town outside Shanghai with Michel Monohan and uh, damn it what's his name the villain in mission impossible 3 uh, oh shit i'm going to look it up i'm going to look it up right now 
Philip Sumer Hoffman. Isn't he the guy? Yes. Philip Hoffman. He, the very, very, very good character actor from Hollywood. He is the actor who is playing the villain. He wants something called the rabbit's foot. So something which was irritating about Mission Impossible 3 for me was the fact that J.J. Abrams shot a lot of this film, a lot of it, in very tight, extreme close-ups and mid-shots, which kind of somehow gave the film a very cramped feel for much of its runtime, which I didn't appreciate. I appreciate a healthy amount of wide shots which reveal the geography, which reveal the place. Um, yes, there is that famous scene on the bridge where he's running, uh, running away from a missile which is hitting a car and for some reason, instead of going forwards or back, Tom Cruise is jolted or pulled towards the car and slams into the car and that was one of those highlight frames and uh, bits from the Mission Impossible series. There is that bit where he jumps off a building in Shanghai. There are typical J.J. Uh, Abrams flare shots, obviously shot in film, and a lot of these flares also show up. A lot of, lot of shaky cam stuff, which I didn't, I didn't really enjoy. And also the plot seemed to be very, very thin. Um, but that is, that is not really what we go to these movies for what we I think these movies are more about there's going to be a lot of action and Tom Cruise is going to get away from a lot of things that a lot of things that you would never imagine anybody to get away from so that is what, that is what the, these films are about and that is fine and all but Somehow I thought that there are moments in Brad Bird's Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol <coughs> which started the whole the IMF going rogue or the president has initiated Ghost Protocol which apparently means um, that they are disavowed. disavowed. Yes, that means that if somebody calls and some other country calls and finds out and tries to inquire about what this, these people are. They will not take responsibility for the actions of these people, these dangerous people in expensive cars and fast boats. So, I remember last night was when I was watching uh, Ghost Protocol. I thought to myself that this is a much more rhythmically uh, timed movie but you know there's something really interesting which I found in, in in these past three or four nights where I've gone from uh, Rogue Nation to Ghost Protocol to Mission Impossible 3 uh, in the directed by Christopher McQuarrie and Brad Bird and then James J.J. Abrams I even though Rogue Nation is the longest of them amongst these these three films. It somehow felt a little more connected, a little more. It it just flowed better. It wasn't afraid to take a little break, a breath here and there, and 
you know building up to certain uh, action set pieces and it had the right sense of rhythm and pacing i felt and and funnily funnily enough the 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 most fast paced film turned out to be brad birds ghost protocol it just went from one action scene to the next and there seemed to be no time um, to slow down to take a moment to be with these characters share a drink have a moment no even though his was the most surgically edited film ghost protocol by brad bird now of course i'm just looking at the directors and what influences they might have had on, on these films but but the crew also keeps changing the dp has a lot to do with the look and the lighting and the color and the feel and the sets the production designers play a lot in terms of what what area is allowed to be shot by the dp uh so big big complaint i think again from 3 i felt it's an enjoyable watch definitely all of these films have been very very enjoyable to watch they they are not boring they are they're good entertaining um fast paced action oriented flicks you can watch all of the, the, these films back to back or in any order really it doesn't really matter uh that is i think that is the point that i was discussing when i did a separate separate uh, podcast for um rogue one where i felt that the the good part about these films that these films even though that they have a sense of continuity there seems to be a lot of time that passes between each of the films and there seems to be an end of an arc for for during each of these films so it's not as if the same thread continues on to the next film and you have to really know what uh, happened in this film and you know so you don't have to wait for the next one to know the the resolution of the current one that really annoys me that is what annoyed me about infinity war as well <laughs> for those marvel fanboys out there um another thing which is disappointing this is really something that i don't appreciate anymore from jj abrams is that fucking mystery box concept for those of you who don't know he believes in exploring the mystery and exploring the the, the box damn it okay so he believes in exploring the mystery and not really telling the audience what to think of it he will come up with really outrageous concepts and ideas and leave them unexplored and answered which is the same thing that he has done with this fucking rabbit's foot thing that they are chasing in the entire movie called Mission Impossible 3 at the end Lars Fishburne says to Ethan Hunt if you don't retire like you've retired in the film maybe I'll tell you what it means and maybe I'll tell you what it was which is really really annoying what like fuck tell the people don't do that don't do that it's not cool it's not cool like i imagine if i tell you that you know there is a box in my house which is started glowing blue every night okay and it on mondays it gets very hot and on wednesdays very very cold and on thursday it starts emitting light 
but I'll not tell you what it is. You might, you might think about that for too long. You might draw up your own conclusions. You might get into a place where you'll think about the possibilities. But at the end, you could do that on your own. I need to do something with that concept, you know, if I need to satisfy anybody who's going to be listening to my story. So it's a similar sort of frustration is shared by a lot of people. Uh, also what he did with uh, uh, Ray's parents and a lot of these characters who he has just not really decided the end for and have introduced. Well, you know what would be cool? A black uh, stormtrooper. We've not seen stormtroopers' faces ever. So let's see one. Let's cast this one guy who's a really good actor, admittedly British actor, I think. I hope I'm right. Maybe. Even if he's from the US, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but he's a good actor. He's a good actor and he's committed and he wants to do good work and Point being, keep your fucking mystery box with you and give people the answer for which they pay you good money for. I really hope to be able to see Fallout sometime in 2018 and I will tell you about it. Do let me know what you thought about this awesome podcast send a hi say hello retweet it mention it if except for the two of you who actually listen if there's anybody else who enjoyed it and i was able to give you company for about 18 point 18 minutes and 15 seconds then uh it would uh, i would really feel good if you could you know send a hi or something like that okay your mission should you choose to accept is to favorite the station and look out for more episodes of films to watch